With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Ready? Play. Good afternoon. Good evening. Hello. How are you doing? You all right? I'm okay. Can you hear me all right? Tom? Yes, I can hear you well. What about me? You all right? Yeah, all good. Okay. Uh, behind me, we can see copies of Even the Defeats, written by yours truly. But we're not here to talk about defeats. <laughs> well, we are, actually. We're here to talk about defeat for someone, as there always is in a tennis match, because there's no draws in tennis, as uh, Roger Federer once reminded us. We are here to discuss number four on the WTA list of matches of the year. And it is the semi-final at the French Open between Karolina Mukova and Arena Sabalenka. Now, Tom, yeah. what were your memories of watching this match? I think you told me you were in your garden, right? Uh, yes, um, I had it on the phone. Uh, I'd uh, got the Discovery Plus app for the French Open um, and the uh, only way to watch it in the UK. Um, and yeah, I, I remember it because it was one of the few days um, that we had some sunshine in the west of Scotland. 
Um, so I was on the garden um, with a beer, I think, maybe. Um, and, uh, and yeah, just watching it on my phone. Um, and to be honest, um, you know, it was one of my, definitely one of my favourite matches of the years. I know it came number four. Um, but, you know, just catching up uh, uh, with the highlight reel, you know, every shot um, or every point seemed to be of high quality. There was winners, um, there was net cards, um, there was great depth, yeah. there was a range of shots. So um, a really enjoyable, dramatic match um, and one that was definitely uh, of the highest quality. I remember the drama probably a bit more than the quality, but I think you're right watching it back. I think I underestimated the quality of this because it was sensational from both players. Um, I mean, of course, we've got the year to think about in terms of what Sabalenka was was doing at this point. She'd already won in Australia. She'd got the Grand Slam monkey off her back, so to speak. She'd won a clay court tournament quite recently in Madrid, albeit they are different conditions in the Spanish capital compared to Paris. But she's had good results in Paris in the past. And now, of course... She's one match away from uh, getting to the final and potentially two matches away from maintaining a potential calendar slam run. Now, I know there's a lot of tennis to be played, but bearing in mind that we were looking at someone with an all-court prowess, possibly with the French Open being the the least likely of the four that she would actually win and be the most difficult one. It's a bit like with when Novak gets over the French Open, it's like, oh, he's halfway to the, yeah. the calendar slam sort of thing. So. Very similar with with Arena, and uh, things were looking good for her as, as she went into this match. She hadn't dropped a set in the whole tournament. Um, and <clears throat> also compared to Mukova, for example, who was the underdog for me, and I think also probably with the bookmakers going into this match, just in terms of pedigree and everything else, uh, she'd even lost a set six love en route to the semi-final against Podoroska. She also beat uh, Pavlyuchenkova um, in straight sets, of course, uh, former French Open finalist and friend of the show, Avanesian. Uh, she beat her in straight sets on the way as well. But uh, yeah, of course, arguably the, the most notable result, though, at the French Open, maybe even until that point, was the match that she had with, Mukova had with Sakura in the first round because this was kind of a, a sort of match that you felt very sorry for the Greek in terms of the fact that number eight seed should not be getting somebody like Mukova in the first round. But we all know the issues that Mukov has had with injuries, and that's one of the reasons why she wasn't seen at this particular tournament. But, yeah, what were your thoughts going into the match, Tom? Um, yeah, I mean, uh, I think I think you're right in terms of... Um, I mean, so I had to actually double-check uh, at that point, you know, was Sabalenka definitely number two seed and not number one, just because, you know, of what had come before. Um, we'd had Madrid, we'd had a, an epic in, in Stuttgart as well against Fiontech. Um, But really, like, you know, in terms of the gap, for, for those two players at this point of the year, um, we were really kind of talking uh, probably seriously at this point that, that Shontek could be caught uh, as world number one and the gap had closed. And Sabalenka, like you mentioned, with that uh, win in Australia, um, had really closed the gap. And, and, and we were going to get a real rivalry now, you know, in terms of, you know, instead of Shontek kind of sweeping all before us, as she did mostly in 2022. Um, you know, so uh, going into this, I think everybody was maybe... Um, you know, Mukova, very, very talented girl, as you mentioned, um, plagued by injuries throughout her career. I think um, at one point after uh, missing out in Australia 2022, there was questions about whether or not she'd even return to the sport. Um, mm -hmm. But uh, as I said, you know, uh, one of the most naturally gifted girls on the WTA Tour. But I think at this point we were just going into this match and just thinking, you know, we're, we're, we're basically it's like a procession mode, kind of like we've, we've maybe thought we're, 
with Novak and Carlos in New York. We thought, you know, it was just a done deal that they two were going to meet in the final. I think, you know, we were just, all eyes were, were, were similar to this. Bukova was just another player that was standing in the way of, you know, a Shontek Sabalenka final. And yeah, I mean, as I said to you, I think going into this, uh, it was just a case of, I mean, we, we've, got, we've obviously got the, the idea of, of uh, Sabalenka and semi-finals and the semi-final kind of curse. So that, mm-hmm. that was probably coming into play as well. Um, and something that had to be considered going into the match, but I think we maybe thought that that, that kind of um, that curse, uh, as I mentioned, had maybe been dispelled because of Australia. Um, and you know, we, we went on for the rest of the year that she still had another couple of semi-final, um, you know, mess ups in her um, for the rest yeah. of the year. Um, actually, against Mukova in Cincinnati, and of course at, at Wimbledon as well. So, um, so yeah, I think just at, at the time. Um, going into this one in Paris, you know, you were thinking it was just a case of she's not dropped a set. Um, Mukova talented, but you know, Sabalenka's power is just going to see her off. Yeah, right. Um, they'd only met once before, right? Yeah, in China, um, 2019. Um, I always say the, the, the Chinese name's wrong, but Zuhai, uh, is that how you say yeah. it? Yeah, on a hard court, right? Yeah, yeah, semi finally enough, another semi final. Um, okay. so, um, and Sabalenka had won that in straight set, seven five, seven six. Um, uh, so a tie break in the second set, and it was tie breaks we were going to get uh, in this semi final. Um, as I say, uh, every game that nearly every game that was available to be played in this one um, was played, uh, and it, it just turned into an epic. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's a good point. So just one one uh, set that didn't go to a tie break, and that was one seven five. So yeah, it was almost the sort of maximum number of games uh, available. The yeah. first set though did give us uh, an idea that this wasn't going to be a walk in the park for Sabalenka because Mukova does get the break and is in fact even serving for the first set, and she has a set point as well at forty thirty. Um, uh, so Mukova is bringing it, uh, although having not managed to serve it out, I tend to feel watching tennis matches that when when you might get like a Kasparud in, in the French Open final this year or, or other legendary matches where where the underdog maybe gets the break of serve, but if they don't hold on to it, you're yeah. like, oh, that was their chance, you know? Um, but that wasn't the case because they ended up going to the tie break uh, of course, and and something that was really noticeable by now was Mukova coming into the net whenever, almost whenever she could, or sometimes a bit surprisingly, sometimes incorrectly. I think we saw one or two points in the highlights just now where maybe she should have stayed back, but it was clearly a tactic that she wanted to execute and one that she executed pretty well in this first set. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, right from the start of the match, uh, Mikova, you know, she called upon, you know, her deep toolbox of, of shots mm-hmm. against Sabalenka, you know, um, and it was all to do with, um, you know, the Sabalenka power. Um, I'm sure it would have been discussed with her coaches beforehand, you know, take the racket out of her, ha- out of her hands, you know, um, and, and that's what Mikova did, you know, she was she was um, doing backhand slices, um, her depth, you know, she was finding, you know, within inches of the line and on most occasions she was returning well uh, and like you say she was timing I mean there was there was one or two in the highlights where she maybe hesitated to come into the net but mm-hmm. it was obviously a clear tactic a purpose tactic to to come into the net once she'd, she'd pushed her back with, with maybe a, a slice backhand um and and you know the volume was 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 pretty was pretty stunning you know in terms of the highlights you know m- more times than not she was putting away a volley when she was coming into the net and 
I'd be, I mean, we maybe should have prepared it beforehand, but you know, I'd, I'd love to see the stats of when of points when when she came into the net because um, I'm sure it would have been in the ninety percent. Yeah, she looked pretty good, uh, but she has, of course, had that mental jolt of not managing to serve it out. So you kind of do go into the tie break thinking, well, Sabalenka's the favourite once again, and it mm -hmm. is a very close tie break um, as as the match basically you know bore out for the rest of the match. Um, and Mukova takes it, though, with an incredible backhand winner down the line. Mm. I know when we were watching it just now, you sort of did just say, you're kind of like the Alan Hansen of, uh, of tennis. In that. The, <laughs> in the Alan, you'll see the most incredible attacking goal ever, and Alan Hansen will be going, well, the defence could have done a bit better. And so when I just saw this incredible backhand on the line, you did say, well, it was a bit short from <laughs> Sabalenka. Um, go on. Well, yeah, no, I mean, listen, it was an incredible winner, all right? I'm not, I'm not taking anything away. She was on the run. Um, she timed it well. It was plumb on the line. Um, yeah. She actually probably, in the shot beforehand, you know, Sabalenka hadn't got over to um, the deuce court um, quick enough. And I thought there was an opening there as well to do it earlier. But um, she went back towards Sabalenka um, in the ad court. And then, yeah, I mean, to produce that winner, um, to, to, to take the set, you know, is uh, momentum, you know, in terms of, you know, you think going into that second set. But, yeah, I, th I think Sabalenka, you know, she could have done more. She, she stayed where she was. She, she'd guessed where uh, Mikova was going to go in the previous uh, backhand. Um, and I think, you know, knowing that Sabalenka is the form player and, and one of the best players in the world, um, she could have done more with, with her backhand. But she, she gave Mikova that opening. And Mukova took it, uh, took it on the rise. And as yeah. you said, it was just sweetly struck down the line. And talking of momentum, she was then going to take that into the second set as well. So actually, it, it's funny. We all know about what happened in the third set. And that's kind of the thing that stuck with me most over the last seven months. What I what hadn't stuck with me was that Mukova actually was up a set and a break. Yeah, uh, She goes up to love at the beginning of the second set so this is really looking like it could become a muck of a master class you know straight sets win a seven six six four or something like this um but of course sabalenka i uh, was having none of that and she did break back immediately so now they're back on serve at two all and um i do think the level of quality remains throughout uh yes there were breaks maybe you could argue that sabas did dip at the end of the match but um We'll come to that, of course, as we approach set three. But now they're back on serve. And uh, Sabalenka also, does she get a break as well uh, for 4-3 uh, in this second set? Sabalenka, um, forehand she... cross-court winner. Yes, she does. Yeah, that yeah. was um, there was an amazing cross-court winner from her. So she then gets a break up at 4-3. So now, you know, the momentum shift is very much with the Belarusian. However, Mukova has none of it and breaks back immediately. And I something I, I made a note here as well during the second set that um, the power that we know that Arena has was on display, you know, uh, plenty. But Mukova doesn't have quite the same power, but she was still managing to hit through Arena. Now yeah. you might might have a go at Arena's defense or, or movement capabilities, but nevertheless, I think because uh, Mukova was able to take the ball so sweetly and so early. Uh, it was producing winners as well. She was hitting through Arena, you know, um, yeah. 
which is something you wouldn't necessarily always assume with someone with such guile. Yes, she's going to hit winners, volleys at the net, etc., and, and and drop shots perhaps, but she was actually managed to hit through the Belarusian too. And yeah, and now we're back on server at four all. Um, I don't know if you've got anything to say at this point before we proceed towards the end of the second set. Well, I was just going to ask you for, for your opinion and see maybe if I'm uh, incorrect, but, you know, I, I see Mukova as a player who, um, you know, she, she's she's thinking maybe two or three shots ahead of her uh, uh, in terms of, you know, almost like a snooker player. You know, you, you see Ronnie O'Sullivan and, and these professionals and they're thinking four or five shots where mm-hmm. the, the, the cue ball is going to end up. And it was almost as if in this match, Mukova was, was, was doing that to Sabalenka. So she was playing a lot of low skidding shots um, just to try and take uh, Sabalenka off balance. And as I mentioned at the start, um, you know, if you can if you can stop that power, like you mentioned, I don't think Sabalenka moves as well as other players on tour. So I think Mukova was doing that. Um, and she just had to kind of go back to basics when uh, she was that breakdown in the second set. She knew that um, letting, you know, the, the Belarusian, you know, have a sniff of... of of a change in the wind of the match, um, that, that it could it could quickly go against her because of the the quality that the Sabalenka has. So um, yeah, I think Mukuba. What do you think? Do you think you know she's the kind of player who do, who is very tactical? Uh, and you mentioned she was hitting through her. What I noticed was a lot of the things she was wrong footing Sabalenka, so she was second yeah. guessing where Sabalenka was going to go. I think two or three points we watched in that um, across the whole match. Um, you know, it was almost as if Sabalenka was going the other way and, and Mukova would pick it off to, to the opposite corner. So. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Corner. So, yeah, I think she's just a, a you know, very wily, intelligent player. I agree. I agree. And I, and I think it's a good point you make. And I remember thinking something similar during Mukova's US Open run to the semifinal. Uh, I think she may have played Chastea there in the in the quarters. And it was just a sensational display from, from Mukova. And one, as you pointed out, one that was sort of typical for her um, uh, in terms of guile and class and variety of shots. She's fun. She can't quite bring the same level of power as somebody like Sabalenka can. But boy, has she got the the toolbox, as you also highlighted. And and I also like what you mentioned in terms of guile and thought process, because I think you're right. She possibly is thinking two or three shots ahead. And sometimes, as was mentioned on the commentary just now, she's almost second reading what, what um, Sabalenka is going to do, both yeah. in terms of uh, her taking a shot and knowing where Sabalenka potentially might be going, but also in terms of where Sabalenka's shots are going to go and therefore she yeah. can anticipate and come into the net quite smartly and deftly. You know, it's almost like Sabalenka d- doesn't even know that she's going to be there because she comes in so stealthily, I guess, is a, is a, is a good word. Good word. But, <laughs> yeah. So then she gets back at four all. Um, so now it's kind of anybody's guess and, and sort of predictions are going out the window. But we do go into a tie break and it is one that Sabalenka wins. Uh, very similar, very, very, very similar to the, the first set tie break in, in that they were pretty much on serve. 
and then uh, Sabalenka takes it to five, uh, much the way Mukova did as well. So now, of course, we've had two tie breaks, but of course now we've had another momentum shift yeah. towards okay. the world number two at the time. Of course, she would later go on to become world number one, even just for a few weeks after the US Open. Um, and as you said as well, uh, before we started about uh, Sabalenka was potentially going to be a world number one sooner rather than later. In the end, actually coming as late as it did, as in post-US Open, probably yeah. surprised a few of us because we may well have, many of us may well have seen her getting to the final here at the French and then possibly also winning Wimbledon. Um, but I think actually, if she couldn't have been in the French. She couldn't have won. Like if she had won that final against Frontex, she she wouldn't have. Uh, I don't think so. Won, no, but she, the, the, she was just getting closer and closer. Yeah, with the gap was closing. Yeah, and of course, with with Eager being the French Open winner the previous year, and and Savalenka not going so deep, you know, it was it was just getting closer and closer. And then with Wimbledon Horizon, and then the, the North American Hardcourt Swing, it just seemed like she was going to get there at some point. But uh, many people were predicting it to happen earlier than it eventually did in, in the sort of middle of September. But anyway, uh, Mukov, of course, has got far more important things to worry about than the, the rankings, because at this point, her, her ranking had slipped quite a bit. Uh, she would, of course, go on to Mukova have a great year in many respects, uh, despite having a few injuries still and making the WTA finals, at least in terms of qualifying, unfortunately, mm -hmm. because of uh, injury that she picked up, I think, during the US Open. She wasn't able to play there. But um, yeah, anyway, I, I, I digress. So Savalenka takes that set. But really, I guess if you didn't watch this match, but you did catch the third set, I mean, you did get you did get the value for money set. I mean, don't get me wrong. The first two sets were amazing. But of course, this is where it's all going to be decided. And there was also now drama. Yeah. Because although we'd had extremely high quality, we'd had a little bit of drama with the odd set point here and there not taken uh, and, a, and a few breaks of serve. Uh, it was certainly was quality the name of the game until this point. But now comes the drama because Sabalenka, of course, uh, does a, a eventually have a 5-2 lead. But there was the point of the match in the first game of the third set. I say point of the match. I mean, it, it was just it was full of quality, but it also was full of three net courts as well. But it ended with yeah. a, a cross-court backhand winner from Sabalenka that not not that that in itself is not amazing, but it's the angle that she produces on this because actually it's sort of landing well inside the service box. And as a result, you know, Mukova hasn't got a chance. And so, yeah, as I say, Savalenka wins that point and, and gets the break of serve. And, and um, I'm also, I've also made a note here in my, in my notes, which is her returns were just, you know, getting better and better. And I, I saw one or two incredible return winners from Savalenka, which obviously, put her in this 5-2 position um actually the sorry I must say one thing actually the 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 the, the unbelievable point of the match actually I think came in the 4-2 game that's when yeah. the three net cords occurred uh, in the in one rally but nevertheless well, there was a anyway. couple. There, oh, was because, it? okay yeah just because if you remember I think just you know no watching on the highlights I think right at the start of the third set uh, we we chatted about you know a point of the match where um, but it didn't end up meaning anything, believe it or not. So I think it was in the Sabalenka service game. Um, Sabalenka pushed Mukova back. She was on the run. Um, but then Mukova pulls out uh, a lob that, um, yes. you know, totally flips the, the point. And then Sabalenka gets it back and then Mukova puts away the volley. 
Now, I think that was to make it, um, you know, I think that was on game points, Sabalenka, and that was just to make it 40 30. Um, but, you know, I think I think that could have been, a, you know, in terms of momentum at the time, you know, I said it when talking about the second set, Mikova just didn't want to give Sabalenka a sniff of, of, of hope um, because, you know, she, she is the, the world number two player at the time and, you know, one of the, the hottest players on tour. Um, and how many times have we seen it watching tennis, you know, momentum shifting you know, when the, the higher ranked player, um, you know, gets next that second set. It, 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 nine times out of ten, you know, you, you're usually going to see the higher ranked player, you know, come through in the third, and that's what we thought was happening here. You know, even though Mukova was throwing everything at her, you know, lobs, putting away volleys, Sabalenka still managed to, you know, see out that game, and that could have deflated Mukova. You know, they, they played two absolutely brutal for uh, first two sets. You know, um, that had went the distance, uh, had been very close in the breakers, um, and you know, now it looked like you know Sabalenka finally wrestled, you know, the the match away from Mukova. And I think as well, Mukova might have even, I'm sure at some point there was something to do with some cramp um, uh, okay. for the check. So, um, you know, at this point you're looking at it 5-2, there's a break of serve. The point you mentioned at 4-2 as well, that Sabalenka won, she was hitting the ball, um, timing it well, sweet. This was the best she'd played all match um, and, you know, potentially all all tournament because you know Mukova was playing so high quality as well, um, and then you know what what was next to come in the next say thirty minutes um, can only be described you know as a crumble really you know another yeah. semi final crumble from from Sabalenka I think on the commentary uh, at five two um, oh no well it was at five two she had a match point didn't she John she had a match point so so Mukova is serving two five thirty forty. And uh, she serves out wide and uh, Savalenka gets a racket on it, but it's an easy-ish plus one. I mean, easy is, is not probably the right word because... Match point pre- Exactly, under all sorts of pressure. So it's it, although it's a, a put away that she would probably put away in the Czech Park quite easily, um, Roland Garros match point down to the world number two in a, in a Grand Slam semi-final is not quite so easy, but she does. So then she does go on to hold... But still, she's staring down the barrel because Sabalenka now is serving for the match at 5-3. But she I'm sure the commentator of the Skype that 5-3 game um, that we was is dreadful. Like, literally, yes, like, did, that was yeah. a dreadful game by Sabalenka. So you just wonder what was going on in the head at this point. Is there that, you know, I mean, as a high-level player, you know, surely there might be some sports psychologists that they, they, they lean on, coaches, like, you know, if you're in this position, like, what is it that's going in Sabalenka's mind at that point? Is she is she aware of the semi-final, you know, narrative that a lot of like a lot of you know media talk about Sabalenka? You know, I just I just wonder where that dreadful game came from because you know, ten minute previous, she was hitting the ball brilliantly. She was she was putting away winners and she was just, you know, any kind of attack from Mukova, Sabalenka was was, you know, distinguishing extinguishing it and, and cutting it short. Losing a tennis game though. I think, and I'm, I'm specifically saying game here intentionally, um, in this situation can happen for one of two reasons. And we we may on the outside look at it and assume that it, it may be the pressure of trying to serve it out. But there is also a chance, and I don't know, um, Arena, as far as I'm aware, hasn't really addressed it. So, um, But there's also a chance of a slight loss of concentration. You can drift, even in a Grand Slam semi-final. Um, even when you're five three up, there is a chance that you could drift through a couple of points, and then it, you, you know you're down, and it's too late to get back if you like. So, um, in tennis, I think more than more than other sports, I, I don't know why, but 
it, it, there's something about, you know, you're, you're sort of doing the same thing over and over again, which can be good in one mm. way, but it also can be just sort of very daydreamy. You're just yeah, serving. Mundane. Okay? mundane. You're just serving, okay, uh, in particular. Maybe then you can wake up as the point becomes more lively. But there is a chance that that can happen for a couple of points, that you can just switch off. We saw it a lot of times with Carlos Alcaraz in, in his fledgling career, and it's it's becoming less frequent, but we've seen it from time to time. Um, and you it just is something... The adrenaline, 5-3, you know what I mean? Like, should you know... be. Should be, but the other, the other, the other thing I would counter. And I don't know. I'm not. I'm not saying that she wasn't nervous and that wasn't the reason. But there is another thing to consider: is that she'd already won a Grand Slam. Now she mm -hmm. just recently won a 1,000. It's also against Mukova. It's not serving out for your first Grand Slam title, as we saw her having issues with that uh, in in Melbourne. Uh, it's just that there's also a chance that that she that it wasn't necessarily anxiety. Now anxiety may come in later on in the set as it's like, oh, my goodness, I can't believe I've just sleepwalked through that game and now we're back on serve. Then then you sort of, you know, you lose that momentum and you try and get back your, your edge and you're, you're, you're fighting against all sorts of things, including potential demons. So I, I don't know, Tom, you might be right. And I know lots of people do subscribe to that opinion. But you've also got somebody who's playing the match of her life, arguably, in Carolina Mukova. So that doesn't help Arena's case either. I mean... Uh, yeah, I, I, I get it, um, and I'm sure we can discuss this at the once we get to the conclusion of this match. But you know, um, just when you're saying that, I'm, I'm thinking about our, our Grand Slam 2023 record. You know, won won the first one. She's in the semi final at this point of, of Paris. You know, but then looking back, she made the final of, of the U.S. Open and the semi final of Wimbledon. But yeah. the way she was playing at that point in this match, it reminded me. Like, you know, now that I can say it in hindsight, but if you look back at the Coco Golf U.S. Open final, you know. Mm -hmm. She was all over. I mean, Coco Golf played well, right? But you know, Sabalenka, you know, wasn't on her game. You know, she, she was very wavered, particularly in that, 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 that third set. And that now in hindsight, I'm, I'm seeing similarities between the US Open okay. final and, and the semi final here. You know, and, and what is that? What, what, like, is that mundane? Is that nerves? I think maybe nerves. I didn't even consider that, and I should have. Maybe nerves, you know, even though she's, she's a, a champion at the sport. Um, you know, these 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 champions still get nerves like they, they are human. So, um, you know, it can be forgiven. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Anyway, Mukova does break back as as the commentator was uh, highlighting in terms of um, uh, Sabalenka's level. I wrote the word loose. Uh, it was a loose Sabalenka game. He called it dreadful and probably it was somewhere in between. <laughs> and she lost that game to 15. I actually, there's two or three other things I noticed from Arena in this period, okay? One is the 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 comfort with which she's losing certain games as in like she's losing them to love or to 15 yeah. um which during this four game stretch there's at least two games like that um uh and i call it a four, four, four game stretch of course because because Mukova wins four games in a row uh five games in a row i should say sorry but there's another thing as well when sabalenka's losing her serve i'm 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 watching her and I think 
it's almost like she doesn't know what to do because she's just um, the second she loses the point, the ball is coming out of the pocket to yeah. abandon it and storm off back to the to the chair. I mean, it, it, storm is probably too strong a word, but very quickly directing going towards the chair. But I, I, I'm not quite sure she knew quite how to arrest the slide. Yeah, and uh, again, I, I keep on leaning on the momentum thing. Like you know, I, I think it, it keeps in. You going right? If she she's just broken back serve here, and if she, if she holds her next serve, she's level with me here. And now I'm under pressure, um, and it's almost like you know that that psychological thing. Like you start to fear the worst rather than like play at your best. So I think she's already she's already saying to herself, if I don't win this point or I don't win this game, I'm I'm in danger here. And I think she's already told that narrative in her story. So she's putting more pressure on herself, probably. Yeah. Anyway, five all. Um, the the Mukova, um manages to get a great a, a break point, yeah. and uh, as we'd mentioned before, some incredible depth from the Czech uh on one particular shot where Savalenka is trying to get her footwork right as you also highlighted as well and uh Savalenka then miss hits and actually as I'm watching it I'm thinking this might not even go over the net yeah but it does get over the net but then Mukova's got a probably even easier put away than she had to save match point to break serve and break serve she does and now she's serving for the match Mukova yeah unbelievable I mean it it was tenacious, wasn't it? Like, you know, in terms of being five two down, you could easily just say, you know, I've had a good run here. Um, yeah. you know, I've, I've made some, I made some money. Uh, it set me up for the rest of the year. But yeah, um, you know, tenacious to come back from that. Um, particularly being match point down, and that point you speak about, you know, it was a decent serve. Um, from from Sabalenka. Um, I, I don't know if this is in the break point, but you know, it's at least on on juice. Um, good serve by Sabalenka. The, the return's more like a block return, isn't it, um, from Mukova? Um, but it's looping, it's high in the air. I think you commented that maybe... Um, oh, no, that, that's sorry. Is this the... No, no, that's it, a different point. point. Yeah, oh, okay. yeah, so the, the, the return... Point, the, right? Yeah, it was, a, it was a good return by Mukova. I'm thinking of the one where, um, you know, you mentioned she could have done the drive volley. Um, oh, but, yes, but, yes, but, yes, yes. Um, but no, this particular point, uh, good return by Mukova. Um, it was a miss hit by, by Sabalenka. I'd said, you know, maybe again, maybe the fatigue or the nerves. But I, I, when I watched it, she, she, I don't think she sorted her feet out um, particularly quickly. She wasn't ready for 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 that return from Mukova, um, which you know contributed to the fact that it was a complete miss hit, um, and Mukova put that away. Um, and I believe then, you know, that 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 was the the break. And I think at that point, you know, um, Mukova, which I'm sure you'll set up, but Mukova then goes on to to win uh, the next game to love um, yeah. and I think by that point you know once once Sabalenka has been broken I think she's already beaten isn't she yeah um, and yeah she's very despondent now and we're seeing lots of unforced errors but we're seeing balls going you know 50 100 centimeters into the tram line it's not they're not getting close including the match point itself uh, as both players are sort of being pushed side to side or arena is at least and arena decides to go for a sort of moon ball um yeah. kind of shot to just you know maybe she wasn't quite sure what to do let's just stay in the rally let's see um if 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 carolina of course who's got the match points right now is is going to keep her nerve well she didn't even have to because the moon ball lands in the tram line and and it's job done and um i think arena just wants to get off the court like very quickly <laughs> just like she did with those with those end of service games i i highlighted but i 
in terms of the emotion and in terms of seeing Mukovu in a Grand Slam final, and of course we know how that panned out, I was extremely pleased for her because of the amount of injuries she's had and knowing how much talent she has. And this is somebody who could have been in, in a few Grand Slam finals before. And unfortunately, um, her year, despite being the best year of her, her career, still will have a few what-ifs. Yeah. What if she managed to hold on to her serve in the third set against Sviantec? What if, you know, she had managed to get past the first, or I think it was the first round at Wimbledon. I think she went out on the Thursday at Wimbledon, but she didn't manage to play her first round match until the Thursday really? because of all the rain. Um, and, and and Wimbledon is somewhere that she's had good results before. And she was on the side of the draw, I believe, with, with Von Drusova and Jessica Bagula and 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 Sviontek and Bencic and all those other players that we've we've touched on many times over the last 12 months. But but in other words, that half of the draw was wide open at Wimbledon. And then she gets to the semi-final, of course, in, in New York and then gets injured. So despite having a really good year by, you know, given all the injuries that she's had, there's still a few what-ifs for Caroline, and I do hope that she gets fit, and I do hope she brings all this stuff back in 2024. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it was it was three hours of brutal tennis there, but I think you're right. I think I really like, I, I kind of like watching Rukova, um, and I think she could be, you know, a good addition to the kind of top tier of, of, of oh, yeah. the, the WTA. Um, you know, we've got a few characters emerging now, of course, with Coco Goff, um, I actually thought, I mean, I think I did the commentary for Golf Mukova in the semi-final of the US Open, um, and I actually thought Mukova, you know, had a real good, a real good chance. But in the end, you know, golf was just too much, too, too good. Um, so yeah, no, I, I like Mukova. I, I do, um, as I said, right at the top of the the recording. Um, I, th I think she's one of the most naturally talented players on the WTA. It's just again, what if will probably be her whole, you know, when she if she does hang up her racket. She may be looking back and going, what if? Um, but I think it sets her up good. I think, you know, go go away for the close season, rest the body a bit um, as much as you can as a tennis player, um, and then, you know, um, get a bit of practice in. But she could do it. I mean, look, just just watch this space in terms of maybe some of the early events, um, you know, Adelaide or, or, or whatnot. You know, somewhere um, in Australia, you know, maybe she can, you know, get to a semi-final or a final, and that could, could do her good instead if she's fit enough for, for Australia. I think she could... Uh, easily get down to an, a, another semi-final, if not a grand sure. slam. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, she's she's adept uh, across the three surfaces. I, I probably think that clay and grass might end up at the end of her career, the ones where she has the better results, but but she's already now been in a US Open semi-final as well. Uh, but I, I am just a bit worried that, that, that the injuries are still going to persist. But she's just one of these players that you just suddenly, you know, a week before the Australian Open, she pulls out and yeah. there's a million other things going on and you go, oh, Mukova's out, is she okay? And then you get uh, on It wouldn't be a big shock to you, would it? You wouldn't be surprised. Right. You would just be like, ah, right, okay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then three months later, she sort of comes back on the tour and, you, and then you watch and you go, wow. This is an amazing player. And as you said, yeah. during the US Open run, she had some real highlights. I remember her quarterfinal against Chastea, where she was just unbelievable. Um, and against Coco, I don't know whether that loss that she had to Coco had anything to do with any physical issues. I do remember her having Strap. some treatment. Yeah, Strap and having some treatment during that match for a sort of abdominal area, I think. Um, and she finished it, but then we haven't seen her again since. And that's quite a while now. That's like three months. So, yeah. Fingers crossed, though, she remains healthy. Sabalenka uh, will be back with her with, with interest. As, uh, you know, she came back with interest after this loss, and I expect her to be uh, uh, basically challenging be all four slams. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, uh, just to finish up then, you know, in terms of Sabalenka, um, 
what would you say would be uh, what, what what's her goals this year? Obviously, will be to defend Australia. Um, but if she if we're sitting here uh, this time next year, she's looking back in twenty twenty four, and she's only maybe what, I mean I say only, but if she's won one Grand Slam. Is she going to be happy with that with, with the talent that she's got? Um, I, or I think so, Tom. Sorry, I know you were sort of, but I, I, I think so. Yeah, I mean, listen, you win one Grand Slam a year. That's still pretty good going, yeah. considering some don't even get close to it in their career. And if that Slam is Wimbledon, for example. Yeah, then I think yeah. that's that's pretty. That's, special, that's her goal, know. isn't it? That's her, her kind I of. I mean, that um, would be the one that you you know, if you're going to win. I mean, I mean, obviously, she'll be keen to to defend her title in Australia, but there's a lot of pretenders for that crown. There's probably one or two less for the Wimbledon crown, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, and I think she she's got the game for Wimbledon, and, and and I think, I think she'll be disappointed if she ends her career without at least one Wimbledon title, and so. You know, yeah, I, this is, I'm thinking big for Arena, but winning a Grand Slam every year is big. You know, we can't yeah. all be Novak Djokovic and win three <laughs> Grand Slams a year. So winning one a year is, is fine. Uh, yeah. Winning one every time. I mean, don't forget this time a year ago, we were probably worried that whether she'll ever win one. Now she's got one under her belt. I expect her to become a multiple Grand Slam winner. Okay, nice. But give, give me a number then, of, just to wrap up. Of how, give me a number of Sabalenka. She hangs up a racket. How many Grand Slams are in her, her cabinet? Four. Four. I thought you were going to say five. So there you I go. I was going to say five, but I changed it for <laughs> the last minute. What What do you think? And are you thinking above think, or below four? What I think yeah. Take? No, I think three, three, four, five. I think you know. I think you're right. I think. Um, I think you know. You mentioned Wimbledon, but I, I wonder if this French. Um, you know the French Wimbledon swing. You know, um, I think Sabalenka like, to me comes across as somebody who knows that she's she's um, one of the top players in the world and expects to to be competing for these Grand Slams. So I think you know she she'll uh, I'll, I'll go out a limb and say she'll end in, in five. Um, I thought right. that when you were speaking. So, but I think yeah. I think she'll be going. I think she'll be looking at this French this year or twenty twenty four, and with that collapse, um, that'll hurt. Um, she loves it. She does like the clay as well. So I, I think she's she she'll be gunning for them all. But I think she's she wants to try and you know I suppose now I'm actually saying that Wimbledon as well. You know um, we, we, she 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 lost that semi final. So yeah, well, I, I think French and Wimbledon are, are her targets this year. And of course defending defending. Be, she can do the US Open in another couple of years. It'll be the year 2024. Uh, 2033 and we'll replay this video back when she's won when she's still on one grand slam no (laughs) uh, i'm sure she won't be okay listen tom big thanks for joining me today no i've been enjoyable um and uh, let's do it again soon john all right absolutely tom and uh, for the rest of you you know the drill if you enjoyed this video make sure you hit that like button don't forget to subscribe and click that notification bell so you don't miss out on all things tennis.
Sports Social Podcast Network.